Hello, hello, everybody. It is 2 p.m. Eastern um, on a Friday afternoon if you are joining us live, which means it's time for another kick-ass career conversation. I am Kim. I'm Louise. And we're joined by... Hi, I'm Gigi. Bonjour. I'm so excited to be here, ladies. <laughs> we're so happy to have you here with us, Gigi. We're going to let the world know a little bit more about you in a second, but we want to start this week like we start every week. What are we celebrating this week? Oh, I love this question. I was just having this conversation too, again, and we've said it here before um, on air is how important celebrations are and that when we can stop and pause for a moment and reflect back on what's gone really well for us or just like showing gratitude uh, in our lives, we just don't do it enough. Um, here we are uh, live here beginning almost middle of January already. I'd call it middle. Um, <laughs> and I am celebrating, uh, I'm going to celebrate the weather um, a little bit. I know, right? It is. For people who can't see, like my face shows tremendous <laughs> amount of shock. <laughs> it's freezing cold here today, um, but it is so sunny uh, and just glorious. We've just come out of a snowstorm and it is where I feel like the world is blanketed with diamonds. It is so sparkly and uh, just, it brings a smile to my face. Um, and I just, I just want to celebrate and kind of remember that like through every like storm, there's, there's the other side of it, right? There's the other side of what it can look like, what it can feel like. Um, and to remember that. Uh, when we're in kind of that whirlwind, it, it felt like a snow globe here earlier, like one that we've really shook up. Um, and, and so I couldn't see, right? I couldn't see the glass. I couldn't see what was going on. And now everything is kind of settled and it's like, and it's beautiful. And so it's just a reminder is that, right, as we get through to the other side, that there is that, right, the sparkly bits um, to hang on to. So that's where I'm at today. Gigi, how about you? Where are you at today? What are you celebrating? In well, the middle of a snowstorm. I know. Um, I'm in Chicago, so actually today is a snow day. We don't have school. So shocking, huh? Uh, first snow day of 2024, I would say. What I'm really grateful for is probably good health. I had some medical complications over the holidays, so I realized how mental and physical health is really the wealth. So going into the new year, I'm hoping that I take care of myself because as the year progresses, well, I need my energy. So yeah, I want to celebrate going back on track and feeling good in my body and uh, yeah, good health. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you had some health complications and I'm glad to hear that you're grounding back into that place of taking care of yourself mm -hmm, so, sure. in the midst of a snowstorm, which will oh, be sparkly. No on the other side. You're welcome. I just sent it your way. Uh, Kim, prepare for whatever Gigi sends your way as we yes, yes. Well, living, having lived in Chicago, you know, uh, Kim. And uh, and plus, it's it's a four-day weekend because Monday is MLK. So after all, it's the silver lining of this snowstorm. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So Louise had the snowstorm yesterday. You have it today. It is coming to us tonight and tomorrow. So I'm in the calm before the storm because I do have beautiful blue sky and sun today, which is very rare, I feel, up here in Montreal lately. Um, but what I am celebrating is I am, cel I am celebrating rebellion. 
Um, yeah, I'm celebrating rebellion. And um, if anybody knows the four tendencies, I am a rebel tendency. I don't always play the perfect rebel because I'm kind of a rule-following rebel at times, which is a little weird. But um, being in the presence of so many amazing people who are fighting for all different types of liberation and um, uh, I think liberation is really the strongest word right now. It just feels like there is a lot to be celebrated around this idea of rebelling against those things that are not working um, for ourselves, in our societies, in our communities, in our families, in our hearts, um, and standing up and up and advocating for that which we believe. So yeah, I'm celebrating rebellion today. <laughs> and it's really timely, Kim, because Monday is Martin Luther King Day. So yes. it's about activism and standing up and, and raising your voice. I think it's really timely. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm okay. He did some of that. That's for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> um, Gigi, let us let the world know a little bit about who you are and what you're bringing to the table today in our conversation about lifelong learning. So um, for those that couldn't tell, Gigi is a, from Paris. She's a native French speaker. She's has 20 over 21 years of experience in immersion, independent and international schools um, as a language and culture educator. She's an award recipient of the Prix d'Excellence by the American Association of Teachers of French, Natural Language Acquisition, DEI Advocate, Triple Citizenship of American, French, and Vietnamese. And she's a presenter and speaker at various language education conferences um, around the country, I believe. I think you had gone, yeah, wonderful. Gigi, we're so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for the intro and thank you for connecting. I was so glad that I got to meet you before you traveled to, to Montreal. I got to meet your family and your daughter and kind of send you on the way with the French language. Um, and I would say that language is really my sweet spot um, because I think I'm a byproduct of bilingualism. Having, having lived in, in three continents, I think I live, I breathe. I'm someone who's extremely flexible. I've found multicultural, having multiple cultures, such an enrichment for me. Um, I was born in Vietnam in the 70s. I'm a daughter of a French teacher myself. I was born in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh, the capital. So I grew up in a bilingual household where French and Vietnamese equally play a big part in who I am now as an individual. It really shaped me to understand differences and embracing differences. Um, after the Vietnam War, my family settled um, in the 70s, 77. That's where I ended up. I, I grew up in Paris for 20 years. Formerly, the formative years are the most important, as we know, uh, because they are the schooling years. They really shape the individual it gives you a lot of grounding as a young adult so from the age of four until 24 that's my entire life uh went to school went to university uh over there my parents don't live in paris anymore when 10 years ago my dad uh, retired he said no more i don't want to live in a big city anymore so now they went from five million people to a village of two thousand so talk about a life-changing um, retirement, and that's where 
I spent all my summer, uh, it's a small village in Brittany on the Atlantic coast. Um, and in the year 2000, I decided to make that move. I was very fortunate. My parents always tremendously encouraged me to see the world. They told me, you want to travel, you want to learn another language. I was very fortunate. As a teenager, I spent a lot of time in England, England being the closest English-speaking country. I learned English when I was six at school. I developed a love for that language, strangely more in in English than Spanish, and Spanish is equally close. But I think now as a teacher, how impactful my English teacher was. I wish I could see her now. To this day, I still remember her name, Madame Tubiana. If you listen, Madame Tubiana, I'm very grateful because I think that she really paved my way when I was 10 to encourage me to travel. She signed me up for the English club. She told me to go to a host family in England. She really shared her love of the language. And me now as an educator, as a grown-up, that's really my small contribution is to be able to unleash your potential, to really enlighten um, and, and, and look at the world in a different perspective and hopefully embrace differences because I think the, the world is would be better if we could all speak another language. Yes, absolutely. Um, Gigi, with it such like a, a rich, robust uh, childhood uh, around language, did you have, did you know that that would always be something that you pulled into your professional life? No, not at all. I think, um, my love of traveling didn't didn't start until I was in my 20s. Actually, fun fact, I went to law school. I was, how do you say, designed after high school. I think after high school, we are immature. We just don't know. We're finding our path. And I went to law school, I think, because of lack of inspiration. I had lawyers in my family, and I used law school as a springboard to do something else. And those two years in law school were the most boring years of my life. So <laughs> I just wasn't cut for that. It's, it's not who I am. It didn't really unleash my potential. And I wanted to do something. I wanted my maybe my sweet dream to this day, journalist maybe be a broadcast. Um, I wanted to use maybe some language skills, travel around the world and report the news. And I was thinking, hmm, what can I do to do that? Well, you speak English, you can travel the world, maybe start with that. And that's, that's how that foundation started. And in the year 98, if you recall, there was no internet, no social media, very, very visibility, very, little technology. So from France, the way I ended up in Chicago is still a miracle to me because I said, I didn't pick Chicago. Chicago picked me. So how did that happen? Tell us how that happened. I, 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 was, um, I went to business school and I, to graduate from my business school in international relations, I needed an internship in an English-speaking country. A lot of my classmates chose to stay in Europe. 
Spain, England, Europe. And I thought, okay, I travel extensively in Europe. I want to get out. I was thinking Canada or North America. And I can see myself at age 22 going to the American Chamber of Commerce. And at that time, they didn't have any digital information. I was seeing copying by hand, one by one, all the addresses of the French subsidiaries, French companies based in the US. And one by one, I had to fax my resume. Now in a click, in 60 seconds, you can blast your resume. We have LinkedIn, we have resources, but in 97, nothing. We had to do everything manually. It would take hours. Uh, the fax number wouldn't work anyway. So I got basically, that's how I ended up in Chicago. I got an internship offer working for Air France the airline company. And my job was to translate, um, you know, those in-flight magazines. When you go and you fly mm -hmm. and they both languages, um, they have customer survey and all that good stuff. And that's how I ended up here. I worked at O'Hare and I worked in the Hancock Tower because Air France has um, has an office. And that's 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 how I ended up Chicago. Mm. And, and so how did you go from working for Air France Tra uh, translating the in-flight magazine to this world of education. I, I, I think I really enjoy what, what experience. I wanted to prolong my experience in Chicago, and I knew that I needed a key to turn the door to open. Um, I knew that it was complicated to have an education abroad. And I think through education overseas, on site here in the States, you don't just get the transcript and the education, but also the culture. And I felt I needed a sense of belonging. And by going to school here, since I hated so much law school in France, I thought, well, what do I have to lose? I want to be able to experience campus life. So I applied and I went to Roosevelt University downtown and I purposely wanted to go to a very urban school. Being myself very urban, going to school in Paris, I was not comfortable getting out of the city yet. And I thought, okay. And um, I worked as a TA and, and I became friends with a French teacher, the French professor at Roosevelt, who is from Africa, uh, Senegal. And I became her TA. And that's how I learned the job, by teaching uh, first year French. Wow. And, and to college students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were in college. Yeah. And so now you teach both K to 12 and you work with adults still. Is correct. that correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. I do. I do it all as, as I think what I'm more passionate is not so much the, the level is really the core value of why you, you learn French. So people come to me for various reasons. I mean, it could be, oh, I need, I have a test. So it's really more academic pressure, but I think the ones I enjoy the most are, students who come to me in a more deliberate way, more intentional, um, they have a family project to move to another country or they are looking for a job. So you can see the intention is more in their core. The academic pressure is not as much. But yes, obviously working now in, in, in a school, in a traditional setting, I think I, I love teaching such young children because the acquisition for language happens so early. And we know that. We know that in the U.S. education system, we need to put more emphasis on, on languages. And that's why my career has been mostly in independent school, 
immersion schools and not so much public schools, because in public schools, they value languages too late. And sometimes they don't even have French. So um, I've been a huge advocate of, of pushing um, languages. For instance, in the school in Chicago, when, when I joined my current school, they only had French at second grade. And I really fought. I, I, I said, we need to offer French even earlier. And now, for the past 10 years, it moved down to kindergarten. And I'm very happy because, Kim, next month I'm taking my middle schoolers to Quebec City. And mm. it's finally taking shape, I think. Um, the last, um, the how do we say in English, the cherry on the top, the icing mm -hmm. on the top yep. Of, yep. A, of a world language program is to have an immersion trip. And it's finally happening. So I'm, I'm very proud and I'm so excited for the kids to experience authentic culture. And we chose Quebec as the first destination. Beautiful. Well, Louise, you have seen firsthand what it's like to, to raise somebody who has this bilingual capacity um, mm -hmm. from a small age. And you and I have actually... We're doing Duolingo together soon. Like, oh, don't get super awesome. excited that we're like language learners, but we do Duolingo together. And so I'm curious, just in terms of Louise, your experience with kind of both raising somebody to learn language, since we're talking to, to this beautiful uh, language educator, and then to yourself to kind of continue learning. Like, what has that process oh. been for you? Well, right, like, I mean, Gigi said it, it's like the, the earlier that language is introduced, or, or I think anything of interest that is introduced to kids, the, the more it becomes just like who they are and what they do. Like my kiddo, like he, I, I don't know French. Um, he's been in French immersion here in Manitoba since, mm -hmm. uh, since nursery school. Wow. So he has been able to absorb that language and, and go through high school. He's now graduating in June with the highest French language um, high school diploma that is offered in Canada. Wow. Um, he will be going and he is going to have challenges because he's going to a non-French university, um, but he'll figure it out. Um, just like he figured out French, he'll figure out English too. Um, it's not like he doesn't speak English or he's not a, he's still an English speaker. But I think that the whole idea of like, when we can introduce lifelong learning in anything into our kids, it just becomes who they are and what, the, and what they breathe, right? They don't even think of it like a, a chore or a task. Um, I can hear him do Duolingo to Kim um, because, you know, you have those little, those sweet little uh, musical sounds when you accomplish yep. something. <laughs> I mean, he's learning Ukrainian um, through, through that app and, and he will learn many more languages, I'm sure, throughout his life um, and not even think uh, anything about it. Uh, so this this lifelong learner like that we're talking about really is I think instilled in us as kids um, and and as an adult trying to learn a language it's a lot more difficult let me tell you um, and it's 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 really interesting but I think like my my lifelong learning was instilled in as a child too just just not in in the languages. Mm -hmm. But I think it really is about 
um, who, who we are often as kids. And we bring that forward into our learning over and over and over again. Like, would you agree? Like, do you think it's something that like is part of, of who we are or do you learn? Can you learn to be a learner? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, I think obviously for me, it's my family heritage. So I, I kind of fell into it. I mean, despite it. And as, as a parent myself, my son is now 16. There's really no choice. From day one, the day he was born, I spoke to him in French to this day. So I think it's also because of my profession, I tend to be, be more strict um, because I see language, any language as a gift. So, so if you can take this gift that is giving to you, it's not just the language, but it's part of your identity. So growing up, he knows that his identity is also some French, some Vietnamese, some 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 American. And I see that as embracing differences. And yes, that's what makes you unique, maybe a little bit weird, but I think it's 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 teaching. It's teaching our children that there's no mold and we come different shape and size. And I think the most important is also people look at me and say, oh, she looks Asian. Why does she speak French? And I like to actually surprise people. I like to tell them a little bit about history. It depends on my mood. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm in the mood of educating everybody, but um, diversity. And that's why I say I'm a big DI and, I, and I've done multiple work in school, outside of school. In December, I was at the People of Color Conference in Education. I'm part of the People of Color staff in my faculty. I'm pushing for this type of initiatives. Because, and I think as a world language teacher, it's natural, it's organic, it comes naturally to me. Um, when I hire people in my school, I try to hire people who come from different backgrounds, who were born in situations that don't are not necessarily from France. I think it's beautiful for the kids to be exposed to individuals who had different trajectory and they are not what you had expected to be a French native speaker. Well, you're talking about diversity, right? You're talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And the what's not lost on me, and I'm going to try and actually put it into words because apparently I'm failing at that right now, but um, or at least it feels, it feels like I am. But when we're talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, we need to be constantly learning because we're constantly in the, the midst of being with individuals that don't have that shared experience that we have, right? I'm, I am a white woman who grew up in North America, particularly in, in the United States. Now, I lived in different parts of the United States, so I was introduced to different people with different backgrounds and different cultural heritage and different languages and, you know, all of that. And having that ability to understand that diversity was helpful, but that was only helpful so far because it was still within the context of the United States and people coming there. So there was a shared, that, that shared thing of, of being within the United States. After having moved now two and a half years and being up here in Canada, it's, it, excuse me, being in Montreal, being in Quebec, <laughs> not the rest of Canada. Um, it is, it, the, the culture here and as other cultures are being brought into here, it's a different experience. So I think 
diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging is a stepping stone to lifelong learning. If we embrace, like you embrace DEIB, you're embracing this idea of lifelong learning because we are constantly learning from each other. So it's not just this idea of like, am I taking out Duolingo and actively mm -hmm. trying to learn or going to a course or going to university? It's it's something more than that that gets instilled in us to to continue to learn. I don't know that it, not fully formed, not fully baked, but that's the idea that's coming forward. And I think that we we acquire that sense of belonging through communication as well. Mm -hmm. So how do we communicate by sharing um, a same language? And it doesn't have to be perfect. I tell the kids, I tell students, it's not about the accent; it's about the pronunciation. So as long as you can, as long as there are comprehension and there's good intent and good effort, it would go a long way. If you want native accent, you have to do it in an immersion space. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have parents at home who will reinforce that to be in a French speaking environment. So we need to create those spaces and it's not always possible in the circumstances, but the language part is important because it transcends just the academic purpose of learning the language. It transcends because it creates that sense of connection and belonging. I'm connecting with another stranger. I'm connecting with another person in a different parts of the world because I made that effort. I made that first step to connect with you through communication to a language I wasn't brought in. So I think that for students um, who come to me and make that intent as as an adult is remarkable because we know that there are a lot of roadblocks we know that the process of acquiring a language is so much more difficult the brain doesn't work as powerful we we have other preoccupations studies shows that the cutoff age is age 12 if you really want to reinforce those immersion spaces so for your daughter for easy it's wonderful that she has that education hopefully will take her a long way so me, I think the most, um, going back to that belonging issue, the, the most challenging question somebody asked me is, where are you from? Mm -hmm. And because I have challenged, I had um, a lot of, I've had struggled <laughs> to answer that question. I said, well, what do you mean? Are you asking where I was born, where I grew up, where my parents live, or where I reside here? because you will have a different answer. So mm -hmm. if it's an Uber driver and asking me, hey, where are you from? I'll say, I'm from Chicago. That's where I live, short answer. I don't need to get into big conversation. But if somebody can hear my accent, ask my job, and I have more time, and I wanna get into being more personal, I may say, I'm French, Vietnamese, American. Mm -hmm. Because for the longest time, I struggle to pick one over the other and i thought well why should i pick i'm all of them and i should be able to celebrate and embrace every pieces every parts of who i am mm -hmm. so as a lifelong learner that's what we want to instill is in our children is the ability to recognize identify and celebrate all the pieces of who we are mm, i love that yeah and i think it's also about like who we are going to be Right, like this lifelong learning isn't a destination. It's a way that we approach uh, life, right? Mm -hmm. Kim, even when you were talking to about, right, like the the DIB is is really about it, it's 
it's not just about knowing what to do. It's about trying and it's about failing so that we can learn to be better next time or to do something different next time to see if it is better. We don't always make those right choices or those those better choices. But but it is it's like it's a state of mind that that is it, it is the way that we approach problems. It's the way we approach life. It's the way we approach work. It is it is kind of a state of being. Um, it's the way we approach relationships, right? This lifelong learning, this ability to say that there, there is going to be a, a time where I'm going to put up my hand. I'm going to say, I don't know. Uh, right. But I want to know. I want to know what's going on in the world. I want to know what's going on in this situation or in this person's mind or whatever that is. But it really is. It's I think it's a state of mind. And I and I strongly believe, too, that we can get trapped in this idea that lifelong learning means I have to take a certificate, a course, uh, go to school, a training and say, I'm a lifelong learner because I've gone back to university 18 times. It's like, that's not what we're talking about lifelong learning, right? Like there's a time and a place for that. But what we're talking about is like, how do we continue to put ourselves out there, learn from what we've done, uh, and then make a conscious effort to do something different next time. Well, what what I'm spurred to, the word I'm spurred to use is curiosity, right? Lifelong learning comes, in my opinion, lifelong learning comes from a place of curiosity. Because we can learn about anything. We can learn about ourselves. We can learn about other people. We can learn about cultures. We can learn languages. We can learn any of those things. And, and Gigi, you were talking about immersion, specifically around language. Mm -hmm. But I think about anything that we want to become proficient in, that idea of immersion, immersing ourselves in whatever that thing is that we want to learn in that moment. And it's fine. I, you know, I have a friend who's fully immersed in painting right now because they want to learn how to paint, how, how to do this craft better. And at some point, they'll probably move on to something else. And that's okay, because that's part of the lifelong learning journey as well, is that curiosity that that allows us to kind of pick through those things that we're curious about, immerse ourselves in them for a little bit, and then come out a fuller, more, mm, more open person. Because I, I feel like every time we learn something, we open ourselves a little bit more to learning about something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think curiosity is really a key word. It's a quality we want to instill in our learners, for sure. I I see that for me, it's it's really my point of connection. I tend to be captivated and drawn to people who have experienced international situations like me. I, I would say half of my, not even half, maybe one third of my friends are fully French. Another third is American, Midwest-based, and another third probably are married to somebody who is international, foreigners have lived in another country. I'm really captivated by that audience. For me, I found it so enriching. It's where my points of connections are, and that's why I love to work in an international environment because I feel I'm so enriched and sometimes I live vicariously through other people's experiences. It, it's, 
it keeps me awake. It keeps my curiosity awake. I I love to exchange those those uh, points of connections, and I don't know. It's um, there's I have lovely people around me from the Midwest, um, but unless they have that curiosity, it would be hard for me to pass the first step of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> what a fun conversation that that stems from this place of language, right? And and of living a multicultural, multilinguistic life. Gigi, you've brought so much, so much color and so much light into this conversation on so many levels. Oh, thank you, Kim. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, I would love to know what kind of what are those little nuggets that that we have been kind of rolling around here that we want to be sure that we're taking with us today. What are those things that we're that just kind of stood out in this conversation? I, I think curiosity. Curiosity is a very big word. Whether you are age five or fifty, I think if we can live vigorously through curious curiosity and have an open mind and always have an open door to, oh, what is different? And maybe not be so afraid of what looks different. Um, I'm always very, I admire people who say, oh, I age 60, now I'm retired, I'm gonna spend one year in Chile and I wanna learn Spanish, do it. Um, I know that COVID has also emphasized all those life experiences that, you were afraid to not do before. And maybe now we have to wait for a pandemic to change our mindset. So um, yes, I, I think that life is short. I want to encourage everybody if they have hopes, dreams, aspirations this year to maybe not fully complete them, but at least um, have a plan and, and tip your toes into it um, and also there's no perfect. It's, it's, I tell the kids, I tell students, we're not here for perfection. Don't tend to perfection. Always good effort, good intent will take you a long way. And going back into the immersion, if you want to really improve the language, it's wonderful to visit those big cities. Paris is hosting the Olympics this year. Great. But if you want to really immerse yourself, I would recommend you go to smaller towns. I think it's really where you get the full authenticity of the locals. Uh, put yourself outside of the comfort zone and experience um, the life of the locals by going outside of those big destinations because I think that your cup will be fuller uh, by putting yourself outside of the comfort zone. It's, it's uncomfortable in the beginning, it's awkward, but I feel like the pay is really rewarding in the long term. Beautiful. Yeah, I think, you know, Gigi, my uh, my golden nugget is something you said earlier on was was really about when you were it, when you were expressing like who you are, you kind of like break that mold, right? It's like you are many things. We are all many things and that we are all unique in our experiences. And when we can lean into that um, and and learn more, not just about who we are, but about others. I think that's where kind of that richness comes from and that there is no right way, right? There's no right way of being. There's no right way to approach a problem. Um, when we are a lifelong learner, we are just like 
just taking that chance. We're being curious, but we're also taking a chance of just doing something. Um, and, and it doesn't matter if it's never been done before or if we've never seen it done before, um, is to really take that chance. So I appreciate that nugget and I'm gonna take that away um, from this conversation. Kim, how about you? What's your nugget from today? So uh, Gigi, you used the term keeping our curiosity awake. I don't even know if you knew that you said that, but you said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love the way, I, I just love the language that you use there because very often curiosity can lie dormant, right? It, it can be sleeping, dormia, right? It could be sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it Being in the place of giving it a poke every now and then, just mm-hmm. seeing if it's awake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people that I have worked with over the years are afraid of their mm-hmm. curiosity. They're afraid to step into that place of, well, what if I make a mistake? What if I don't do it right? What if I'm, I embarrass myself? What if I, um, you know, Louise went on this journey last year of improv. She had never done anything like that before, but was curious. And she let that, that guide her. And like, honestly was having a blast. I'm speaking for you, but like you shared it publicly. So I can. Um, for, for myself, um, I have, so we have probably about five months left here in Montreal before we're going to leave the province. And I have not immersed myself in the language because I haven't had to where I live. And I'm spending this time being curious it's scary as hell because I don't want to mess it up and I don't want to upset anybody with my horrible language skills and what feel like horrible language skills. And I'm curious enough to start trying. So I'm trying to order things. I'm trying to have conversations. I'm trying to send emails using a mix of languages, but I'm trying to use what I do know in a way to let me experience a little bit more of the culture that may not be right here in my literal backyard, but is definitely in the surrounding area. So keeping the curiosity awake. Mm-hmm. What happens in the summer, Kim? Where where are you guys living, going? We don't know yet. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how is Easy doing at school? Um, well, she just got on a roll for the fourth time in a row. So I'd say wow. she's doing fine. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for asking. Fantastic. Gigi, where can people connect with you if they want to talk more with you or to uh, kind of experience uh, experience you a little bit more? Um, you posted the LinkedIn. I think it's the best way for me uh, to get in touch with people. They can message me. They can look at my experiences. And if they have questions about my uh, my path, how to become a French teacher, what it means to be a language educator. I'll be happy to chat with them. Fantastic. Thank you, Gigi. And that link, uh, that LinkedIn link is in our um, profile, uh, our profile is in our words. We're talking about language and I apparently don't have it today. Wow. 
I have some words to share. Uh, so uh, thanks everyone for joining us live here. You can also listen to us on the podcast, wherever you pod uh, and check us out online at yourkickasscareer.com. We have all kinds of events and shows coming up. Uh, so please do that. Uh, our next mini class that we have uh, coming up in a couple of weeks is all around micro movements. This is a series of events Kim and I are putting on free uh, that is all about making macro changes in micro ways. So please uh, come on out to that. Uh, next week, Chasing Your Dreams at Any Age with Cheryl. Uh, it's going to be another fantastic kick-ass conversation. So please join us however you choose to. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Podding. I don't know. We're all over the place. So tune in and check it out. Uh, we would love to uh, see you, hear you, um, experience you, um, however that looks. Uh, Kim, did how how was that? Did I sum it all up? You know you did great. Gigi, <laughs> <laughs> thank you again for making time for stopping oh, by. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies, for inviting me. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Louise. I wish you a happy new year. Bonne année. And I'll see right. you soon. A bientôt. Right. Bye, Take everyone. Care. Merci. Bye for now.